how old were you all when you all said you were going to do this? And from the time you were like, yeah, we're going to open up our own place to the time you did it. And then the time that you did it, how old were y'all? 28. I was 30, 32. 32. Mm-hmm. For Housewine. Oh, man. Yeah. And we were open. We uh, we decided in March. Mm-hmm. And we were open in October of the same year. You decided in March and opened in October of the same year. And then you, you gutted out the crazy carpet and knocked down the walls. Yeah. And Full signed remodel, the lease. Built yep. a kitchen because there is no kitchen. Cheskay got started mm-hmm. on it. I was still fulfilling my obligation in Austin. So I would. she was living here with my folks and, and started the construction. And as soon as my last day was done, packed up the house and... And moved on down, came straight to work. Wow. Liquor license, finding a bank, getting a loan. The liquor license must have been crazy. But Well, you all started with uh, beer and wine, which for people who don't know, beer and wine is a little bit less to kind of get in, right? But but salt is a full, all the way, all alcohol, that's a little bit more expensive, but still... To get with to get a liquor license, from what I understand, I don't or not a liquor license, but well, beer and wine or whatever, right? Yes. I mean that's a little bit of a task, it's an obstacle. It is, yeah. yeah. And we so easy. super lucky, we were right that uh, because my restaurant for Carabas was in Austin, mm-hmm. and our um, the the TBC offices were in Austin. Mm-hmm. My boss didn't live in Austin, and and uh, really found it cumbersome to come in just to sign. Um, renewals. So he made me the president of 13 different liquor licenses over the course of five years. And so, and we never had, you know, it's, it's, it's a well-established business. It's, uh, you know, it's a funded, fully funded business. We never were, had delinquencies or late pays or anything like that. So I had five years of perfect, uh, a perfect record. record. (laughs) Yeah for 13 liquor licenses. So when they ran my name, they're like, okay, here you go. No problem. No, it still took <laughs> six months to get it from but, start to finish. But, but right. they didn't have, but yeah, but, yeah. It, it, it does take that a while, but had, had we not had, had that behind us, there are significant uh, bonds that you have to pay for, uh, you know, to, to ensure that, that, you know, you're, Right, like you're, or you're before le- they give you. A legitimate, yeah. 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 right, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand the process quite frankly, but I've heard stories. It's not fun. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. So, all right. You all get this going from March to when? October. October. How do you come up with a menu? Like, I mean, because I'm sure the menu has changed over the years, but it is a very concise it is a nice menu. Thank like you. you can go in and have a different dish every time. And everyone is, every single one of them is like spectacular. Right. Thank and I'm you. sure people have their favorites or whatever, but like for me personally speaking, I know that you all had created the, these really felt original from when I went and, uh, and, and they are. And so like, how do you, how'd you come up with that? Because, um, that's kind of that seems in itself beyond the design and everything, right? Is the menu? I'll tell you, the menu wasn't wasn't as difficult as recipes were. Really? <laughs> yeah. You want to take this one? 
Well, it's your menu. You take it. So, chef. okay, okay. <laughs> so, so before we get into the menu, let's talk about your, the, your, I guess your path to being a chef. Like how'd, how'd that go? Yeah. I've always loved to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up cooking with my mom in her kitchen mm-hmm. and, you know, pulled up, pulled up a stool to her stove and beg her to put the ingredients in my hands and stir the pots and. And then sit at the table watching everybody's reaction, right? And if they absolutely loved it or their faces or their smile or their, mm, that, I mean, I was proud of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, half the time I, w- I didn't do anything but stir, but I still always loved being a part of, of her cooking and, and learning from her. And as I grew up, my sisters depended on, on me a lot of the times to like that mid afternoon snack. Both my parents worked. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was cooking at the house and it wasn't my folks, it was, it was me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, gosh, I remember as a kid taking whatever coins I could find just to go buy uh, lasagna sheets. And then I'd bring them home and make, uh, make lasagna out of whatever we had, you know, it didn't matter. It was always something uh, different. Fruity pebbles. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite the fruity pebbles, but, But whatever meat we had, whatever mm-hmm. cheese we had, I mean, I'd made American cheese and Earl Campbell sausage lasagna that'll knock your socks off. <laughs> awesome. But, uh, uh, you know, th- my first job was flipping burgers mm-hmm. and I was 16 years old and I absolutely loved that. But you had that inventive mind, it sounds. I did. You know what? I used to make all sorts of crazy craziness at, at it was Whataburger. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, we'd make sloppy joes. You get tired of eating burgers all the time, so we'd mm. take a burger patty, add the barbecue sauce, and chop it up, and make a sloppy onions, and have a sloppy joe. Mm-hmm. And we'd take a chicken, uh, the, the the water chicken, mm-hmm. fry it up, chop it up, add mayonnaise, and and make a chicken salad. And you know, it was just we we do a lot of a lot of different things, um, experimenting there as well. But it wasn't until um, in uh, I. I uh, spent a small stint in Indiana as a farm worker. Oh wow! And yeah, how did that? How did that come about? That's another podcast. Okay, <laughs> all completely. We'll save it for the next one. Uh, uh, no, you know, I've had. Uh, I, 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 my folks both did it mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, and I don't know. I always felt like there was something that I needed to prove too, mm-hmm. and I think that was. That's why I said my I got to meet my seventeen year old self. I was telling you that earlier. Yeah, like yeah. I'd love to meet him and slap slap some slap sense him in around that guy. a little bit. Yeah. But uh, you know, <clears throat> that guy did take me to Indiana, and and I recall having a tomato, a vine ripened tomato, right off the vine. You know, we just rub on my on my shirt, add a little salt to it, and I was like, God, that's so good. What's why? Why is that so delicious? And mm-hmm. it's just a tomato. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't till later that I learned how you know. When, when tomatoes are, are processed for, or picked for for resale at a grocery store, a lot of times they're picked green and they're allowed to to ripen uh, in the box or on the shelf somewhere. Uh, they emit a gas that, that changes the color of the tomato and makes it look ripe. But in, in the inside, it's, it's not the same. It's not ripe. Right. And and I think that that, that was an aha moment for me. Like, man, f- food is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so simplistic, right? It was just so simple, but yeah. it was fresh. Yeah. So fast forward to Austin and, you know, Carabas, that kitchen was a scratch kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I got my first taste of really cooking um, intricate recipes from scratch. Mm-hmm. 
And by the time that I, I, I felt like I wanted to go to culinary school, uh, really my bosses and, and mentors talked me out of it. And really? Like, yeah, they said, hey, listen, you've learned a lot of this stuff here in the in in, in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay for, and they were right, it was $48,000 for the culinary school that I wanted to go to. I enrolled, uh, I had a little bit of money put aside, mm-hmm. and I was applying mm-hmm. for, for, for grants and applying for, for financial aid. And then the opportunity landed to be a partner in the restaurant. So it's like, where do I want to? I want to be a restaurateur when I get out anyway. Right. So I could skip that step and, and do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, and that's what I did. And I spent, um, the rest of the time learning different techniques and reading cookbooks and cooking as much as I possibly could. And then we moved here. The menu came fairly easy to me. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of Italian influence. I mean, heck, that's what we've been doing for the last 14 years prior to that or 12 yeah. 13 however many years it was it just needed to be unique mm-hmm. and uh so we literally just started cooking at home and you know jessica was pressuring me you need to write these recipes down and, and i need a recipe for this or a recipe for that i'm like i don't know i don't i don't know i just need to cook it right and we still have some old uh <clears throat> notebooks with with like marinara splattered all over them because <laughs> you were trying it out as you were going through it she would she would literally just sit at the edge of of, of the table mm-hmm. and write down what i was doing and how much i was putting in wow and just let me cook mm-hmm. and that's how uh, the, a lot of our, our early recipes were created were created yeah wow so uh, okay so here here's kind of the back end portion that people may not know Oftentimes you hear most successful people fail more than they succeed. How many recipes did you have to go through? Because as refined as that menu is, how many different recipes and how many different tries did you have to go through before you said, okay, I think we're going to settle kind of like on this. If I may. You may. I think... (laughs) I think our failures have been in so many other spots, but like he just nails the recipe. The food has always first, been spot on. But like he doesn't have to do a sauce 42 times or 89 times or 462 times. It's literally the first one. Like our signature marinara sauce was the first recipe he did at really? our house and like nailed it. And then we just made it in bulk. And you just built we it from there. We have plenty of other failures, but like as far as food, he knows exactly how to make almost any cuisine because he knows the flavors that go together mm-hmm. and he knows what tastes good and he can nail it. That's awesome. Whatever it is. And I'm, and it's pretty amazing. Like, <laughs> gosh, you know, we did a, we did a beautiful Indian wedding a year ago mm-hmm. and they wanted from start to finish beautiful, traditional Indian, Indian food, food sauces and Larry's like, I got this. And she's like, are you an Indian chef? And she's, he's like, no, ma'am. But right I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make you so happy and so proud. And, um, you know, it, he just, he has, a, a, like, a super talent with that. Mm-hmm. He that was- knows how to make it delicious. And he'll be cooking at home, and we're like, 
Gosh, how did how you, you do, do this? <laughs> You've never even made this dish before or this sauce or whatever on any cuisine. And I'm like, you nailed it does he immediately. Ever, does he ever say like, well, it was easy. Does he ever say like, uh, well, yeah, it wasn't that hard. I just had to do this, this, or that. It just so or, comes naturally to yeah. him. It's not, I mean, it literally always looks effortless. Uh. I know. Mad respect. But <laughs> again, don't get me wrong. Like, we failed in so many other ways. But I would have to say, like, cooking and recipes is so easy for him. Now, how do we get a team to replicate that recipe? Exactly how Chef taught them to. And how it reads on a recipe card. Mm-hmm. And keeping that consistency. Like, that's where the difficult part is. Now that you have a team and your expectations of team as we grow to three restaurants... We can't be in one, all three places. Where does this oversight come from? How do we manage these large teams? And right, right. Okay, so uh, I don't mean to I don't mean to skip the timeline, but but what you just said kind of brought something to me, which was <clears throat> salt. So you all open salt. <coughs> just to kind of recap, you all start with house wine. You have that for five years. You op- you open salt after five years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you open salt. It is the first, and correct my terminology, but like exhibition, exhibition kitchen, kitchen? exhibition mm-hmm. kitchen, <clears throat> which pretty much exposes everything that you're doing and how you're doing it yeah. and how clean you keep everything. And like everything is for display. Yeah. So vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were, just you are being ripped apart with every flaw. Talk yeah. about <laughs> naked and afraid, right? Yeah. Like on the first day I work, I can only imagine. I don't even know. Like, uh, so talk to me about kind of that idea because before you all brought it down, I had never even, for me personally, I, I had never even heard about anything nearly like that. So it was an experience just to sit at yeah. the table. That was, um, <clears throat> excuse me. You need some water? I need tequila. <laughs> I got it. Okay. <clears throat> some sparkling water. <clears throat> Whoa. That is is it a little strong? It's no, probably it's watered delicious. down. <laughs> <laughs> a little watered down. <laughs> So, you know, we'd, we'd been open at House Wine for five years and, uh, and everyone knew Jessica and she knew everyone. And there was a little bit of me that was like, I, I, what about, what about me? me? What about, you were like Bob from La Bamba. Yeah. What about what me? About me? <laughs> uh, you know, at, at one thing we failed to mention was early on, I had to take a job uh, because, you know, we couldn't make ends meet. So I worked at another restaurant in town for about a year. Uh, until we until we decided to, to open up our own restaurant. What right? restaurant was that? It was BJ's Brewhouse. Oh no way! Yeah, I was their executive kitchen manager for just about a year, and that was never the plan. Mm-hmm. But so, just like everyone's hardships, we couldn't we couldn't financially meet it at the rent. restaurant <laughs> right. and at our house. We were like, "This is insane." How are we? We didn't do go into business for ourselves. To, to still have to work for someone else. Right. But we had to. Well, and Larry, you just like sucked it up. He went to work somewhere else for over a year, year and a half. So, so 
and worked at our at House Wine. So as we mentioned, House Wine was just two jobs. It was uh, furniture and wine. Right. And so after a year working in another in somebody else's kitchen, it's like, why aren't we doing a kitchen? Mm-hmm. Like we opened it that that particular brand. Oh, so, so it was just house. Yeah, it was and just wine. furniture and wine. To, to, no food. To, no food. For the first year. And so, oh. you know, we kind of wanted to take a step back from the restaurant business, back from 160 employees, just mm. have four or five employees and, and, and live the life of wine lounge owners, right? Mm. So, <laughs> not going to fly in the RGV. Yeah. So a year, a year later, you know, here I am, you know, putting in 60 hours a week in, in another kitchen. It's like, well, why aren't we doing this for ourselves? And well, we always wanted to. We so, just needed to so get we started step. yeah um we started having dinner and a movie night at house wine and cooking for the public and, and things caught on and, and then we opened the dining room but what did you ask though i was i was leading to something i had asked um kind of lost my train of thought because we were yeah you, you asked something about salt Oh, oh, the, the exhibition, exhibition table. Kitchen. Okay, so yes. yeah, so so you know, for the first couple, for the first year, mm-hmm. I'm at another restaurant. For the mm-hmm. second year, I'm in the kitchen. Really, the next four years, I'm in the kitchen, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I'm a I'm a people person. person too. You know, well, you I remember that you used to come out and be like, "How's everything?" Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. you have always been very good about coming to the tables and making mm-hmm. sure that everybody's experience yeah. was top yeah. notch. So, so I wanted a kitchen where I could interact with, with guests mm. and, uh, and, and our team could interact with guests. So yeah, it was super risky because uh, not every cook can do that, mm-hmm. can be focused on cooking and have uh, an articulate conversation about food with our customers who are foodies mm. and they know about food. They watch shows about food. They travel. They have a lot of questions. Sometimes they ask questions that we don't know the answer to. And we've, they want uh, to talk all night. And yeah. They, they can know. cook and entertain at the same time. It's But that was amazing. exactly what, what, we, what, what my vision was for that, for the chef's bar. You know, mm. you see eight people up here and we cook for them and talk to them at the same time mm. and talk about pairing wine, talk about tequila, talk about anything food, you know, no, 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 uh, no holes barred, mm-hmm. and that was the idea. And it, as Jessica mentioned earlier, it was such a, a an anomaly because like day one, we were slammed, and mm-hmm. we were on a two month wait for the first six months. Wow! I, you couldn't get in the night of. If you wanted to go to, to Salt tonight, you reservations in advance. Yep, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, I mean, what a... That was wild. Yeah. And that's also where I think now our two, city tell, started to... Yeah, we're 2015, I'm sorry? 13. 2013, 2013 at this time, so mm-hmm. market's picking back like, up. And, wait, what? I have to have a reservation to dine at a restaurant in McAllen, Texas? You know, and mm-hmm. locally, we're not used to that. We weren't used to that, to that either. Mm-hmm. And so it was like... What do you well, mean I, guess I can't you get do in. now? Yeah, right. and so that kind of started even another like expectation in our restaurants. Like we have so many great restaurants now, and you know, 
you can't always get a table or the time that you want. Right. And you can't just walk in and sure right. get a table anytime where you want the on the day you want. Yeah. And I think still sometimes people are just like, wait, I have to make a reservation, but I live in McAllen. And then the beauty of it is like, yeah, but McAllen is has great restaurants and great hotels and entertaining. And this is like a growing metroplex. Mm -hmm. And there's 1.5 million people in this area. Like, it's not like we're in a super small town that everyone sometimes feels. And I think a lot of times folks who are from here, here often, like, uh, make it sound worse or like a yeah, bad, like, like I can't believe I'm in the Valley. I'm not in New York. Well, no, we're not in New York, but you are in the Valley and you have awesome restaurants and choices here. And then we're like, Oh, we do. And like, we kind of forget about like how much the Valley has grown and progressed and the coolness of it. Right. How many awesome things we have to do. Exactly. That's funny she said that. Which is I, why we moved here. I have to share To with begin you. with, right? To, to bring with. that kind of culture we, because yeah. you see it in and Austin. And it was already happening here. Right. We just didn't know about it. He didn't know about it. He's from the Valley, but he didn't know like how awesome it was growing towards in the future of McAllen and the Valley. What city? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. All right. And Bobcat. Right after high school. Okay. No? <laughs> cougar? I was a cougar through and through. Yeah. Oh, okay. All but, right. But uh, if my sisters are listening, go Bobcats. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I yeah. just want to piggyback on what she's saying. It's, it's so true. I had a customer in Salt ask me with a straight face, why? Like, who do you think you are almost, right? Why would you charge... $45 for that piece of fish in McAllen. Like, this this isn't, this is McAllen. This isn't New York. This isn't Santa, uh, San Francisco. And I said, you're absolutely right. It's not. But this is the same quality that restaurants in New York or San Francisco are, are purchasing from. This was mm -hmm. swimming two days ago in Hawaiian waters. You know, and, and it's and brought to you, right? Yeah. In all Ma the in way, McAllen. It was FedEx. Yeah. It was swimming yesterday. Arrived in McAllen four four hours ago when I when the FedEx driver brought it to my restaurant. Like, there's right. a shipping charge for that. Yeah, yeah. and not the thinking about like we we're worthy. Why? Because we're not in Miami, Chicago. Do we not deserve awesome, great quality restaurants? Of yeah. course we do. Right. And our community wants it. Right, and they yeah, need I just it. Saved, need I, I just it. saved you yeah. a, a desire for it. A two hundred fifty dollars plane ticket and a three hundred dollars hotel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so that, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that forty five dollar plate is yeah. for you if you go over there. Three thousand yeah. bucks. It's about seven hundred and fifty yeah. bucks <laughs> for sure. So how do you? Um, how did you all kind of progress from? Okay, the salt idea you had mentioned earlier, Fredericksburg, you knew some people from Fredericksburg, you kind of grabbed that idea, piggybacked off of that, and then made it your own, right? And mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. and then five years, you go into salt. How long was salt around before you then created this 
Salome concept, which is so cool, by the way, because I haven't talked to y'all about that. Uh, it's like Central American kind of food, right? Like the, tell me about that. We, uh, we call it interior, interior Mexican. Okay. Right. And so it was five years. So the progression goes as such. We house wine. We were having a lot of fun, learning a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We, my, my, our whole culinary team was getting really good at a lot of different things. And we all had ideas on how to, you know, all these different features we wanted to do. And everybody wanted to, to play with new ingredients and cool ingredients. And, and it just didn't fit the house wine concept, mm-hmm. right? And that's where salt came in. So it's, it's, it's a global approach to local sourcing is, is kind of our tagline there. And so we, it's kind of a chef's playground. We do whatever we want mm. and, and create and have a lot of fun with, with all sorts of ingredients that, that, uh, that are appealing to, to, you know, our diners. Most of it, most of the, the things that, that started that uh, menu were items, food items that Jessica and I had had on our either traveling or in other places we lived that weren't readily available. Mm-hmm. Like there weren't very many places in, in, in the valley, sort of in Escargot or Duck Confit or... Yeah, um, not, know, pork none belly. that I can really think of. Yeah, even pork belly, something like as common as pork belly. Nowadays, mm-hmm. I mean, every new restaurant that pops up has a version of it or, or some, some dish. Some variation you know, Even if it's it. their own unique take on it, it just wasn't something that was served right. on many menus. <clears throat> and in 2015... Um, I took my, excuse me, my first trip to Mexico City. Mm. And I went to a food show down in Mexico City, and um, one of our chefs was from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of was my personal tour guide, you know, and we ate at the the Mercados, and we ate on the streets, and we ate at the Catedral, and, and had all these flavors that were just, I mean, it was just a, an experience that to this day, I mean, it's, I haven't been able to replicate, right? At night, we dined at Mexico City's finest restaurants, and one of them specifically is Pujol. Um, Enrique Alvera, he's, he's a world-renowned um, chef, mm-hmm. very well-celebrated chef, and what he does is take a very modern uh, take on Mexican flavors. And so I had dinner at his restaurant, and we had escamoles, and we had um, uh, chica, uh, chicatanas and, and gusanos, and um, I forget the name of a black ant. It's like a mayonnaise made with with ground ants. With ground ants. Yeah, yeah. Like his his take on it was really uh, pre-Hispanic, mm. but with a modern a very modern uh, hand at plating. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so that was the catalyst and we started traveling. So it was Oaxaca and Guadalajara and Jalisco and tequila. And somewhere along the way, I was like, what am I, why aren't I doing Mexican food? I'm from a Mexican family mm-hmm. in, in a very cultural region of the world. Right. I really had to take a step back and ask myself that, like, well, why have I gone so far away from, from where it all started? Mm-hmm. And and I really had the strong urge to do some something 
Mexican. Um, and you know what? She Jessica wasn't really on board with that building. When we saw that building come available, actually it wasn't available. Well, I love the, the Dizdar building. building. I yeah. was just scared of the size it was so of the huge. building. Like, it was huge. We've never had a restaurant or it is that huge. big. It is not huge, was, yeah. but it is huge. And it and the whole property is the entire block. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Like the parking. I was just like, no, we what can't are we handle gonna do with all this a block space? size space. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what happened. I was working at Salt one night, and I was I was uh, helping deliver drinks, and uh, I wasn't eavesdropping. Was this during the pandemic? No, this was in this was prior to prior oh, to prior to, that's right because you haven't you hadn't Salome was prior to the pandemic, right? Right. Yeah. And um, I ran. I was serving drinks to to uh, the leaseholder. Mm-hmm. And overheard her say she hated the building. Wow. And she hated the building. She wanted to get out of the building. And I was like, oh, I was, I'm not eavesdropping, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> and she's been a friend of ours for, for a long time prior to that. And she says, well, come check it out. If, it's, if you want it, like, I'm ready to get out of there. Wow. And so we did a walkthrough. And again, Jessica like, this place is just too big. And I said, well, no, the, think of it. Upstairs is home office right downstairs is a restaurant beautiful patio mm-hmm. you know we could have one of the biggest patios in in, in mccallan mm-hmm. and the exterior you know for those people who don't know the exterior of that building is really nice and there's a lot of history behind that building uh it's on the it's on main mm-hmm. which is you know the foundation of mccallan so i mean the I guess the the bones of it had a lot of merit. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course Jess, with Jessica's eye, once we we talked about what it could be, mm. and uh, she, you know, she wanted it to be a feminine name, a feminine feel and decor, something a little with some you know a touch of refinement and elegance. Yes. Uh, we knew what it, we didn't want it to be. Uh, we didn't want it to be a stereotypical Mexican restaurant with, you know, a lot of color and, and flags everywhere. And right, the pastels colors. and yeah. things like that. So it is very refined. And because, you know, Mexico uh, and, and Mexican restaurants don't have to be that. They don't have to be the pastels. They don't have to be, you know, the uh, the mariachis. And, I mean, there's a place for it, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's that also... There's, you. There's also an elegant side to dining in Mexico, and mm-hmm. that's what we wanted to. That's what we wanted to portray. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and y'all did a fantastic job, and that was a, an entirely brand new menu with entirely new ingredients and an entirely new, not just from the food perspective, but also from the um, beverages and everything. Just kind of was all kind of put together. So from the time that you had birthed this idea to the time of execution, another six months or whatever yeah, it was. We don't waste any time. It's <laughs> no, just apparently like, okay. not. I mean, apparently y'all are going full time force. Time is money. If we're going to do it this, we got to get open up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were literally waiting on our liquor license, which is always what we're The longest kind of on. portion of the mm-hmm. deal. But I've always heard um, that sometimes you have to, especially because you've converted things like house wine from a photo 
place or whatever it was to a restaurant, uh, you're, if I remember correctly, and I, I really don't remember what it was prior to it being like this leased office space, it was corporate offices for Dizdar Real Estate, I think is what I kind of remember. Um, but you're converting it into a restaurant, which takes kitchen, stainless steel, uh, oh, oh my God, what what do they call it? The grease, the grease, the grease trap. trap, which the I always hear is like, systems. yeah, like mm -hmm. all of these things. And um, <laughs> infamous grease trap. Yeah. Yes, the infamous grease trap. I hear that all the time. The infamous grease trap. That is like the one of the major hurdles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Plumbing, electrical. Now you have customers in and not just leasehold renters like Customers care that it's not 70 degrees at all times. So you need more AC units. And, oh, right. right? Yeah, exactly. Like if you I'm just, upgrade all if your I'm electrical. A, a room, yeah. I'll just have to sweat it out if I'm hot. But, you know, I'm paying customer like. They're going to be yeah, like, this is. We have is... five AC units in that building. And I'm just like. Wow. Yeah, five, five AC units. That's insane. Which well, we've had to replace most of them. The uh, others we just you know maintain all the time right yeah yeah i mean so beyond the beyond the food and which we haven't even touched okay so we've we've touched on the amazing food which all three restaurants have their own personal character they all have their own personal style people go to one restaurant over the other because every experience is different yeah and you go back to that $45 plate, what people don't realize is that you're not just paying for the food, but you're paying for the experience. You're paying for, for the experience that you have when you take somebody out or you're out with friends or whatever it is, right? So that experience portion, you talk about the back of the house, the front of the house is just as important in most cases, in a lot of cases, more important than that. So, like, how did you bring all of that to, yeah. you know, make sure that all of all of your staff, all of your front staff is very exceptional in the way that they present the food and the way that they present the service? Like, how did you guys do that? Because you all are building all of that stuff from scratch, right? Yeah. I think that that's always been, not that I think, that has always been such a key part of our restaurants. And that's what's the scariest part of growing also, is the more we grow, the less oversight, the more people we're managing, the more personalities. Uh, and so that's the scariest part for us always is, is adding to our team. Now, Larry will often say, and, um, you know, his perspective is beautiful because as a chef, a lot of chefs would say the food's the most important part. And he says, you know, we all agree, like, food's awesome, and that's such a key part. Absolutely. But what's going to trump it every time is awesome, beautiful service or horrible, crappy service. Right. And I will go back if the food is not amazing. I'll go back if it's decent or I like it. Mm -hmm. But I won't go back if there's horrible service horrible service and we we truly believe that people have a tolerance for for okay food or we made a mistake and maybe it came out cool or took a little longer or whatever the problem may be mm -hmm. but we 
as humans and as the hospitality industry, most people don't have tolerance for like junky attitudes or snobby server or um, that was beautiful. That was nice. <laughs> that was a really nice yeah. touch. Well, you know, or, or your tolerance for um, an, an incompetent bartender or server, like it just drops each time, and you'll you'll be okay if your food is not out of this world, but you're not okay with an acceptable service. And so that's always, we say we give world-class service. Well, shoot, we just said, I mean, there's literally nothing better than world-class service. Uh So we just put ourselves at at the ultimate standard. Uh Where do you go from there? Right. Like anything less is not okay. And do we nail it every time? Of course we don't. We make mistakes. Right. Often, right? Right. But what we do to teach and train and coach on how not to make it again mm-hmm. or to be competent and confident in our abilities and our, our execution of our craft and our trade, mm-hmm. like that's where that mentality has to be different. And you have to understand that before you're not working in the restaurant industry, the food and beverage industry, you're in the people industry, you're in Absolutely. the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And if you think anything less then you will never be able to deliver world-class service or an experience of higher level in any way. Because if you're just serving food for the sake of feeding someone, mm-hmm. like that's awesome. We all need those restaurants also, mm-hmm. but you won't pay $45 for a piece of Hawaiian right. water fish that was flown over yesterday, right? right from Hawaii. Yeah, like you'll be just <laughs> fine with the seven ninety nine fish from anywhere. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Right. Because if that's what people expect, then that's what they're going to get or whatever. But this is elevated. The short answer is we're we're, we're not selling food and wine. We're selling an experience. And and we have to be we have to be entertainers. Yes. You know, because as Jessica said, there's lots of choices in McAllen to have great food. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of choices in McAllen to have great beverage. If you don't put all three of them together. None of it matters. Right. So it has to be, it has to be entertaining. Has, I always tell my staff when I do a new orientation, imagine there's a sign above the door as you're walking out, the sign overhead says, welcome back to grim reality. Because that's, that's what, that's what our customers should, how they should feel. When, when they leave. When they leave. When they leave. Right. They're going to be like, that was an elevated experience. Exactly. They've forgotten about all the woes in their in their life mm-hmm. for at least an hour and a half exactly we've we've taken them somewhere else and you've given them the vip experience of what it means to have good food what it means to have good service and for a little while they have the opportunity to escape from all of their troubles all their worries and they can just focus in on really great food and a really great time that's yeah. it right yeah i mean i think that that's that's amazing so you all are seeing all of this like amazing success right i mean you're bootstrapping stuff you're doing stuff on your own you're 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 risking it you're working 60 hour weeks um and you're seeing all of this elevation of success and then the pandemic hits. Yeah. What, <clears throat> how did you all feel? What was, what, what, ha- what, what did you all do? Well, 2020 was looking pretty good. 
right. it w- in, in all indications, and I will say from even a business owner perspective, man, it was like you, we were, everybody was on the up. Yep. We had a great holiday season in 2019. We had a great Valentine's Day in 2020. The restaurants were, were hitting record sales. Mm-hmm. Then <clears throat> March 18th, you got to shut it down. I tell you, it's, I chuckle a little bit because I was the first. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. It's not, it's not, it, it, that's happening in New York. That's happening in, in LA. It's not, that's not happening here. Mm-hmm. It's not us. It's not Texas. And if it is happening in Texas, it's not, it's not the Valley. Right. Cause you the know? Valley is always, oh, the Valley has always been almost exempt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. From everything that's happening nas- <laughs> nationwide. Yeah. It's like the valley is its kind of own little biosphere of, you know, its own economic Mm -hmm. kind of force, right? Where you don't really, you're kind of exempt. Yeah, insulated. I like to say insulated. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I felt like we were so far removed from what was happening everywhere else that we were going to be just fine. Yeah. Then, of course, so, so we, our, our, our take early on was business as usual until the day is like, it's, I think it came on a Wednesday, mm. 20th. Friday, no, no, 18th was a shutdown. I think it came on the okay. 16th. Uh, you got to shut down on Friday. Well, uh, excuse me. All of our orders are already in. We're packed for, for, we're receiving <laughs> for a busy weekend. I mean, we probably had $30,000 worth of inventory that was <sighs> arriving the next day when they, when they cut it all off. And all of a sudden you can't, you can't open. It's like, oh man, this is real. Okay, let's get on it. We have to sell $30,000 of inventory somehow (laughs) quickly now because that stuff Mm -hmm. is, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's when keep the fire burning, um, really came, came about. It was a way to motivate our team and, and to motivate other restaurateurs and, and other friends of mine, our chef friends around McAllen that we're all looking at each other going, what do we, what do we do? Mm. What's next? I'm like, well, you get stoked the fire. You're going to keep it burning. It, some find a way to, to, to do something. And of course, curbside was, was something we were familiar with. We didn't do a whole lot of it at our restaurants because our, uh, you know, our, our food, our, our diners were dining in. We, we didn't have a whole lot of, of, carry out um diners but we had so we had to convert very quickly mm-hmm. uh luckily we knew how to do it because we worked at carabas that and, and outback who were innovators in that realm 20 years ago right um and we became grocers we became delivery drivers we became uh takeout or curbside well, you mass all, marketers, right? And yeah, you all started like, doing deliveries, which were amazing. Like the, I saw a lot of my friends share the, um, the way that you all were doing because that it was the first time that they were allowing. I at least I think, to my knowledge, they were allowing you to deliver alcohol. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Which was kind of a first kind Ever. of thing, it which was really cool because you all did a really great job of packaging. <laughs> And all of those. Oh yeah, our our drink those, kits really. Yeah, that was our saving grace at Salome for a handful of months. As mm-hmm. you know, our palomas and our margaritas were going out like crazy. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, of those. A lot of, of restrictions, but we were thankful that that TABC that you know that that Governor Abbott uh, uh, lifted some of those restrictions from TABC, so that it would allow us to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, 
that uh, we're hoping that, I mean, it's in legislation right now, or it's been uh, filed. Um, we're hoping that we'll be able to keep that for the long term. Yeah. Uh, because it's something that will help restaurants, you know, really bounce back over the next over the next year or so, or however long it's going to take to get back to, to yeah. where we were. And I think it's going to take a few years. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, ultimately, sure. the, the what what our saving grace for over the summer was um, HEB allowed us to to be part of their meal simple program for about six months, mm. and uh, we were able to get some some heat and serve meals in uh, in three HEBs on display uh, after a week of doing that. Actually, we were in six total, mm -hmm. and they were just so gracious in in allowing us to to be part of that program. And it really helped us keep our people employed, helped us keep our, our uh, supply chains open. You know, we were, we were still doing something. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I mean, it couldn't have come, that opportunity couldn't have come at a, at a better time because, right. you know, I think I was quoted as saying it was like a, a parachute in, in the middle of free fall. Mm. This is really how it felt. And yeah, I mean, and, and you know, props to HEB. You know, props to HEB for being such an advocate for local, being such an advocate for supporting, you know, some of these just unprecedented times. Like, you know, you go from high velocity to like a screeching halt and that's just got to be. But the beautiful part about the story is, you know, the adversity that you all were able to overcome and the way that you all were able to pivot. And that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, especially when you've got things just completely going your way and you've got to make this all of a sudden you got to just make this, this shift. Yeah. We like the word juke juke. <laughs> yeah. When you pivot, you're stopped and right. you're, and, and you're not making your way to the basket anymore. You're looking to dish it, give it to somebody else. Right. So we, we uh, you juked. We juked. We don't like the P word. <laughs> you got, you got you're to still juke. in motion. You got to juke. And you were keep, like, yeah, you got to keep heading towards the basket. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's a difficult thing to do because you don't know what direction you're going, but you're just, you know, you're doing everything with the best intention. And so now that we're a year in, can you believe that? No. One Gosh, year no. in. Um, how are things looking? You know, that was... We both took a deep breath. Probably our, <laughs> I mean, I think for everyone, everyone in the on the planet is experiencing the same thing for the first time, probably in like human Over history. Over 100 years, like, right? Yeah. But like, when have we ever all experienced something exactly the same? Absolutely. Everyone has been devastated. Everyone has lost... <laughs> Um, jobs and and business and and income and family and like it's just unbelievable what this year has brought for all of us in so many um, different ways. Different ways for sure. Yeah, you know, I think our biggest challenge, you know, not only just saving our business because we would have figured out how to do it with a small group and we did. Unfortunately, we had to lay off, you know, we went from 120 team members to 40 to keep keep it all running, the three restaurants for those 
few months of full shutdown, mm-hmm. and then we brought brought team back on. Yeah. Um, but the hardest part was just re- really keeping the motivation and the motivation going, keep the fire burning. The morale. The morale, the safety mm-hmm. of our team. I mean, of course, them and everyone is terrified at the beginning and didn't know, do I, can I work? How do I work? Do I keep my job? Do I have to resign? Like, what is best for my family? And we all were put in such a difficult situation yeah. to make really, really hard decisions. And just seeing, seeing the tenacity and the perseverance of those who made it through and could keep on trucking and pivot and juke and 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 change and just hang in there with your fingernails but for the sake of hanging on mm-hmm. and um so there were some you know beautiful mostly challenging <laughs> times yeah you, know, you say motivation it reminds me of the first two weeks right mm-hmm. every day i i was sending a, the team a, a motivational song nice in the morning do you remember this like every morning it was like nobody gonna break my stride right or nobody gonna call me down and we're trying to encourage our 15 managers who are trying to encourage their team who's you know like who's like at the lowest depths yeah yeah so i'm sending these songs out right and every morning there's a different song and i'm pumping myself up and i'm pumping the team up and then we we get to the end of two weeks and they're like ah we're gonna another month it's like whoa Who's going to motivate me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because it's super, super hard. Like when you're at the top, like who is the one that's pushing you, right? Who's the one that's leading you when you're the leader? Yeah. And that is uh, one of those things that I think as leaders, you no matter what level you're at, whether you're a Jeff Bezos or you're a first year startup, who is the one that is motivating you to continue to push on through that kind of adversity? It's already hard enough. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's really a true test of character, I think. Yeah, realizing that we had, you know, sprinted through two weeks and, and realizing this is this is gonna be a marathon. That was that was something else, but I tell you, it was it, it, as as hard as it was. It's a good year. We we found out who we are, and yeah. we found out who our who our team is, and and really just super proud of the resiliency and you know everyone. I mean, our industry for that matter. You for know? sure. Gosh, we were on the brink. Yeah, and here we are. You know, trying to, I mean, we see some light at the end of the tunnel and, and, and it's coming hoping, around. Yeah. Yeah. Before we continue, we're going to go through this. We're going to go through this edit, but uh, refills, are y'all okay? I'm good. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to just give myself just one more little. Yeah. This is a lot sweeter, I think, than this other one. This one's got a little bit more peppery. Mm-hmm. This it's one. a lot of, uh, this smells like. Like a very specific dessert. How Jessica always uses that as a, as a uh, kind indi- of like an indicator. See if you can point oh. out the dessert. Oh, like a like a specific dessert. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, without without ever ever really drinking it, my first my first thought is flan. But yeah, is yeah. that what it is? Creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Oh Fun, yeah, custard, it's got it's got that vanilla, vanilla. It smells mm-hmm. a little bit of burnt sugar. Yeah, butterscotch. Mm-hmm. 
This is one of my favorites for sure. <clears throat> it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, but so many, right? Like mescals are so good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- I really feel like mescals have been very underrated for a very long time. I honestly used to hate mescal uh, until I realized how it was processed and like how it was done. Yeah. I mean, once you kind of understand that, which I, that's still one of, uh, that's on my bucket list. I'm sure you all have been to tequila, right? Yeah. We're going to take you, Jerry. You come yeah, with. let's go. <laughs> oh my God. I would love to go with y'all. Cool. Yeah, we had three um, three trips planned in for 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, you know how that went, but we we're hoping to get get back. Um, we take a group, a small group of, you know, 12 people. We stay in Guadalajara. We drive up to north to Tontomilco, uh, to the Highlands, or south mm-hmm. to Jalisco, and uh, visit distilleries and drink our way through That's- through that side of the country. And it's... It's an experience for sure, yeah. And you're right. As soon as you experience the 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 process and mm. understand the process and understand the plant and and how long it takes to to grow to maturity and all the care that that's given to growing it and the care that's given to cooking it and fermenting the juice and the whole nine, it becomes a different experience. You know, it's not just mm. a, a shot anymore. Right. Yeah. My guess is though that you probably didn't. Uh, Fully enjoy mezcal because you drank the same mezcal that I did growing up, and that was gusano rojo. That's the one. <laughs> that is the one. So, and it and it, it was it the one with the little yeah, worm on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that is the one. Yeah, and everybody used to say, "If you eat the worm, you hallucinate." Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and I was always terrified of that. I did that, I think, when I was in college, when I was brave enough to hallucinate. I think it's, <laughs> It's not the worm, the it's the bottle of mezcal that you have to drink to get to it. Oh, right? man, yeah. That that stuff that stuff can be brutal. And if, if you're thinking that mezcal is like tequila, it is, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Very much not. But but anyway, so, okay. Uh, just a little recap here. So you guys are going through the pandemic. It's a little rough. You're seeing kind of things on the up and up. What are things, what are things like? today like uh we're we're coming out of the pandemic we are march what are we today march uh ninth. sixth ninth ninth, ninth. August. Even, yeah march march ish <laughs> we're march ish 2021 <coughs> um you know what are what are things like now you see things picking up now that the governor is about to kind of raise the as uh, effective tomorrow right 100 mm-hmm. percent we do. We have seen things picking up over the, the course of the last week. Actually, I've been we've been really oh, I've been surprised. I think I speak for both of us when, you know, we, we in, in regards to the volume we're seeing at, at, at the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's just a comfort level. You know, more people are getting vaccinated, so they're more comfortable coming out. Right. And as 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 more vaccines become available, I'm sure we're, that it's just going to continue to get busier and busier. And 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 we're hopeful for that. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, the biggest thing for me kind of not doing anything or going out or going to restaurants or anything like that was really just because, you know, my dad, uh, my grandmother, which I see very often, you know, I was more I wasn't necessarily worried about me so much. I mean, I was, Mm -hmm. but not to the extent of the, you know, the older generation. And so, you know, now that now that 
a lot of people are getting vaccinated, it, there is a little bit more of um comfort level when it comes to, you know, I think we can kind of go out. I think we're going to be okay kind of deal. So, um, and I've seen it, I've seen it on the streets. I've seen it in parking lots and stuff where you're just seeing a whole bunch of people kind of coming in. So like, what is, what is, uh, what, what are you all, I guess, if you could look into a crystal ball, what's the anticipation of the future for you all? When do you think that you're going to be back to where you all were prior to? Oh, I don't think I, I hate to to even make a prediction. I've been wrong about about everything for the last year, <laughs> but but we're hopeful that uh, that that you know by third quarter mm-hmm. uh, we'll see a significant change. You know, as of Wednesday, our restaurants aren't doing anything different than we've done for the last year. Yeah, you know, we're still doing. Our, we're requiring our team to wear masks. Our purveyors are wearing masks. We're we're still uh, sanitizing everything and, and anything and every chance we get around the restaurants, cleaning tables after every use, doing all that. Mm-hmm. We've actually just implemented a new, um, uh, an, a new um, point of sale that allow the customer to check out at the table, mm-hmm. and uh, you know limit contact in, in as many ways as we can. And, and and of course we're asking our 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 customers to continue to wear their mask in the restaurants when they're not seated at the tables. So. But I, I guess though, we don't know how that's gonna what that's gonna look like two weeks from now or a month from now. So so we are actually um, at least I guess happy. It could be the right word that that we get to make that call for for us in this community, mm. and that that uh, that the governor has lifted the mandate so that we can we can monitor it ourselves and, right. and and this community can can react to what this community's needs are and it's not a blanket statement across the state right right yeah and i mean um that's one of the things that i will say about the governor not that i lean one way or the other when it comes to politics but he's he's uh lifting he's he's lifting something he's not mandating anything uh by any means so you know i think people have the ability and the right to be able to take precaution as necessary and you know um but i'm i'm happy to see that we're kind of starting to get back to this whatever this new normal is like what do you all think is how do you all think that how is this kind of new normal going to change for you all do you feel like it's going to do anything like what kind of outcomes do you feel like uh positive outcomes have come out of this whole deal so I think that with the crazy year that our industry has faced, I mean, it's really been devastated throughout the country, not just here, even in Texas. And, you know, I think the going number is probably 30% of restaurants won't make it through next year. And, you know, we're just now on the brink of starting recovery and whatever recovery looks like, whether it's one year, three year, I'm feeling it's probably three year. Mm. You know, everyone has their idle loans to pay back and, you know, just the financial loss, the drastic financial loss last year that you're never going to rebuild. I mean, not, no, not at the rate that you were right. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, after a year of such loss, nothing else changed except for 
maybe your payroll and, you know, some other mm-hmm. expenses, but it, everything else was still there. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's probably a couple year process for um, our industry. Some things that we will always move fast forward with is, you know, curbside and delivery. We're not going backwards for that. That was an innovation process for you all that you yeah. had to make and that you're going you're gonna to continue to have. Right. You know what the most expensive thing is in a restaurant? What's that? It's an empty seat. Mm. And you just don't get it back. If, if somebody doesn't come in your restaurant today, that's a sale mm. that's gone. Forever. And for any day you're closed, it's gone. You don't, you don't get it back, just to reiterate what Jessica's saying. Mm-hmm. And so, so we have to look at new revenue streams. And, you know, one thing that, we, that we've done that, that we feel is going to really help us uh, move forward is, is we started our own delivery delivery system company mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it subdivision yeah yeah you know and, and and we had to um i think something that that doesn't get um uh that we don't talk about enough is third-party mm. delivery and how that affects the restaurants mm. you know most people don't know that that third-party delivery is 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 you, some could have a negative effect on the restaurants, right? Right. Because regardless of what uh, of what your of your images of 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 a, of a restaurant, the delivery company is a completely different company that has a completely different set of standards. And when when your expectations aren't met, it's always the restaurant that suffers. Right. And so that was big for us to because because uh, going back to giving that responsibility on to somebody else exactly to, you're, you're passing on that reputation and you're hoping that that person delivers right that's tough that's a tough thing it's tough but that's not going anywhere you know i don't think <clears throat> delivery is going anywhere i don't mm-hmm. think that curbside is going anywhere i think uh, there, we're always gonna uh, we'll continue to have uh, a certain percentage of, our, of of the public that wants to eat at home Mm -hmm. and and you know we hope to be able to serve them as well in in different capacity right yeah and i mean i think that because of the environment people have if if they've been very frequent about it now they've become acclimated Mm -hmm. to where they're saying like well you know i really want really great food but i don't really want to get dressed up right i mean let's face it like you get on a zoom meeting and this (laughs) peer to here you're good but anything below Hey, it's whatever you woke up with, right? Like, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there is going to be a shift. I think that there is going to be kind of this new kind of hybrid thing of what was uh, pre-pandemic to, you know, pandemic kind of deals. And who knows what that's going to do. But I think that, you know, there was a there was a saying and we were talking about it earlier, but, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I mm-hmm. think it was like Mike Tyson that said something like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, when you're when you're going through life and you're going through these things and you've got this plan and, and everything looks like it's going to hit. And then all of a sudden something comes that is like beyond your control and it just like slaps you in the face. Now you got to kind of well. Tial's uh, Tial's verbiage juke. You gotta you gotta yeah. juke through it. Um, that that's that's not as that's that's easier said than done. I think. Yeah. And uh, you guys have done such a, an amazing job to be able to do that. I think that that's. I think that that's awesome. So. All right. So kind of as we're kind of coming 
uh, as we're kind of wrapping things up, at least I think we're wrapping things up. What is, I mean, y'all have been together for how long? 22 years. years. Yeah. I'm glad that you like followed that one. Okay. So 22 years. I mean, being together as a couple is already really hard, but being together as a couple and then working together, man, that I would imagine, Mm -hmm. I, I can only imagine that that's a different league all of its own. So like, uh, what, how do you guys, how, how do y'all do it? Because you have twins, uh, you have to separate family life from work life. It, does it all intermingle or what's that like? It, it does. It, it, it's, it's work. I mean, you have to work at, at separating the two. It's yeah. not, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And, and we have been, there's times where or we've been good at it and there's times where we've been terrible at it. Yeah. You know, at, at leaving work at work. Mm. Um, but you know, in the end, uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do it all over again, but no, I, I actually would do it exactly the same. Mm. I would do it exactly the same because I have, you know, the best partner. Uh, we, I mean, where else do you have a partner in business that can read your mind? Right. Um, partly because, They've already told you what to do, but mostly <laughs> that's not <half> a bit. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know we uh, we make a great team and we always have, and um, you know, but it is challenging. It's super challenging to to shut it off mm. and to get home. I mean, you know, it's I I don't yeah, but I wouldn't have it any other way personally. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what what makes it work. Um, yeah, love. I would I would hope so. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. I mean, you know, I, I think it's amazing that you all met at Carabas and that you all kind of came from the same school of training, the same the same school of thought. You came from a corporate environment where you all were able to both see eye to eye in terms of the business aspect of it. You were the front of the house, back of the house, and you were able to make it work. And I think that the m- most beautiful thing about it was that you all were able to maneuver through all of those things, shift all of those things, and then and then beyond that, look beyond the the success that you were already having at at, an, at a very young age, and then say, you know what? Let's create something on our own. Like, let's build something on our own. Let's make it on our, like, let's create our own ideas. Let's create Mm -hmm. our own vision. Let's create our own things. And for you all to be able to do that collectively together, I think that that's just like an amazing thing. Just to be creative, I think, in its own self is uh, a gift, right? But for you all to be able to to put all of those gifts collectively together is really fantastic because... I mean, I've seen it personally speaking from a, from a customer perspective where you see the front of the house operating at its optimal, the back of the house operating at its optimal. And you guys were <laughs> able to kind of meld that together and still, you know, have that beyond, beyond the working relationship. But, but like, you know, life partners, I think that that's 
fantastic. I mean, like, that's a story. That's a story. And thanks for the reminder, because I think that often, because we've done this together for 13 years now, like, I think we forget to give each other credit and praise also, like, of how hard this is to be married and be a couple and be in relationship and work together and lead together. And of course we're totally two different human beings, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Often our team just expects because we're the leaders of the organization that we think the same on every single thing Mm -hmm. and we don't. And it's okay that we don't. Mm -hmm. And we talk it out or we work it through. We compromise with whatever decision we're going to make may be. And I think, again, often that we forget, like, we have no one encouraging us humanly right. that's like, hey, good job in the boardroom today. Right. Or, you know, like, that out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really proud of your decision making with this team member. You know, we're constantly giving that to our team. And I know that I forget to always to sometimes give it to Larry. Uh-huh. And so that's a beautiful reminder of like how much we need that encouragement and motivation and love and um, uh, everything from each other. Sometimes just like, I just need to back off for a minute, like give him some space because like we're stressed and it's coming into right. the it's workplace a- or yeah. our home. You know, you said something that, that, Really, it's, I'm sitting here thinking like why this works, and mm. and, and you said something that that uh, uh, really made, got me thinking. You know, mm. Jessica and I both we came into this together, knowing pretty much the same thing. We were mm. we were equal in our ability to do e- anything in the restaurant. We could have easily swapped positions, mm. and she could have run the kitchen, I could have run the front. Mm. but opening house wine allowed us to draw that line mm. and say, you just focus on service and wine and I'll focus on food. And I'm going to just delve into that and be the best chef I can. And you be the best sommelier and host and host of the party, right? Mm. Ho- that, that you can. And, and we both evolved that way. And, and I think that that having, knowing that, we came into this with the as equals, uh-huh. and and chose to uh, to divvy up the duties as we did, uh-huh. and which are both equally important. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. In I, every aspect of the restaurant business. Yeah, there really isn't anyone that I can think of who that I'd uh, concede to if we're in a discussion about. Uh-huh. Uh, about which direction to take our businesses or 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 any um uh any situation need to be addressed mm-hmm. so yeah i wouldn't do anything differently I'd, I'd love to do it all over again and maybe have twins sooner <laughs> <laughs> if you okay if you could do it all over again and change anything what would you change i think that's it you know i think we we uh at you, some point you would have wanted to have our twins sooner I like being old parents <laughs> because I don't know if we would have done Salt or Salome. Okay, wait. How old are the twins now? They're six. six. They're six. Okay, that's not so. We that's had not them crazy after Salt, but before Salome. Mm, so yeah. when we opened up Salome, well, we you know, I, I don't know. I guess 
you're right. No, you're right. With, with, if we had if we had uh, children in in housewine during the first two or three years of, of housewine, I don't know that we'd have made it. We probably would have hung them up because mm. it was so. I mean, that I place owned us. Been yeah, able to open a second or a third. I mean, we'd sleep at the restaurant, wake up at the restaurant, and and keep going and. Yeah, so let me ask you all something. Um, how much of your success, which you all have had, I mean, just blessed success. I, I, I would say that you all have, and, and this is one thing that you can't put a tangible number on, but, but, the, but the incorporation of culture <laughs> into McAllen, the, what you all have put into McAllen, the city of McAllen, for the culture of the food and the experience and everything else. How much of, of your success would you base off of experience and knowledge? And how much would you base it off of luck? Um, Timing. I think we have much luck. I don't believe I in luck. I think it's... Yeah. You, you, you I, make your own. Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, as Larry said, we had a really great upbringing, if you will, with mm. Carabas Italian Grill and that that um, opportunity to operate those restaurants at a high high level. And I mean, we're good at what we do, even though we make so many mistakes. Or you know, in our day to day life, I'm not the host in the restaurant anymore, and Larry's not cooking every plate anymore. You know, our mm -hmm. day is. What POS system are we going to buy and how are we going to afford it and how are we going to implement it? And we need three delivery cars. Okay, how are they going to be wrapped? What's that logo going to look like? Like our day-to-day -day is so different now than it mm. was 13 years ago. And I think just because of our, I mean, with just one being super passionate about this industry, we've just been all in. Mm. always from start to finish like literally all in you know i didn't go to university larry didn't go to university this is our entire life and always has been and we've just we give it all mm -hmm. because like our guests went, deserve it bit. all what are you gonna say Larry? Yeah, i said i went a little bit Oh, yeah, I'm so kidding. did I, but no one really cares. Like, <laughs> you don't have the My mom right might now. be listening. I went, mom. <laughs> you know, and it, like our guests deserve greatness from us. And that's probably our, um, that's our encouragement mm -hmm. is happiness or unhappiness from, from our guests. I mean, we're crushed when we get a bad review and a, a negative review that we know that we messed up somewhere, mm. you know, and like, okay. And we take it so seriously and we talk about it with our, at our manager directional on, okay, we've made this mistake. Y'all, how will we not make this again? Our mm. guests don't deserve this. This isn't who we are. We mm. made a mistake, but how do we fix it? How do we prevent it? And how do we make sure that they'll come back? Mm. And, you know, we, we're just so, almost like crazy about guest satisfaction mm -hmm. that it, it can be hindering also mm. like it, well but 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 that's what i think that that is what strives to make you better and the reality is is like you cannot be happy 
you will not be 100% happy by trying to make everybody happy at the same time. You, sure. you, you have to, I, I think, um, and it's not to discount all of the efforts and everything that you're doing, but there's just going to be those people that are just not going to be happy no matter what. It could be that the food is not at the right temperature or the food didn't come as fast as they had anticipated it to be or blah, blah, blah. And that's what she's, I think that's what she means when that will start to hinder us because uh. we want, we want them to, and we're going to make them happy. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But I will say this, if, uh, if there's anything lucky about our success, it's, I will say personally that it's, I'm lucky to have a, a partner in business and a wife that when shit at the fan, there was no discussion mm. between either of us. It's just roll up your sleeves and get it done mm-hmm. and go to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that has been the true story of our success was, mm. Keep the fire burning. Figure it out. Keep right. the fire burning. Yeah. Exactly. Because you have to mm-hmm. grind it out. Yeah. You have to grind it out. And no one's going to grind it out harder, bigger, or better than we are. Like, we have to set that precedence for our entire team. Hmm. And we're saying we're going to hold on with everything. And you're going to hang on with everything with us. Right. If you want to hang. Like. Uh- Absolutely. We're going all in, so get on board or like uh, yeah. moving too yeah, fast. You gotta, and, you gotta yeah. move with us or not at all, right? Yeah. Like yeah, and, and you know, I mean we are at a time I think where we're going through this transitional period. Um I anticipate that you all will continue to thrive and flourish and this will just be a little blip in the radar, but it is nice to um to see that the perseverance and the the way that you'll have grinded this thing out, you know, people may not see this 10 years from now. I would anticipate that you all will still have these restaurants and potentially even more restaurants. If you all are opening it at five, five years, years. <laughs> every five years, we can anticipate two more restaurants in the next 10. But, um, you know, and, 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 you know, we, haven't even touched on the amount of community involvement that you guys have done nonprofit after nonprofit after nonprofit. Every time I go to one of these things, you all are involved. And that is a true testament of, of not just serving your customers, but serving the community that we didn't even haven't even touched on, which maybe we can do at another podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll summarize it with with one sentence. There's something that we teach our team uh, when we cater or we go to someone's house or we we use somebody else's kitchen. Mm. It's uh, leave a place better than you found it. Mm. And that's our take on on this community. Uh, Not that it was in a bad shape when we found it, but we want to make an impact uh, in improving the community that we live in, that our kids are going to grow up in, and, and the community that we serve. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, y'all, it's been so fun. It's been amazing. I've enjoyed it too. This tequila's great. It is fantastic. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get ready to sign off? We'll we'll have another one. Just one more for the road. I know y'all have date night, so I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all spending the uh, the time with me. Thank you. It's been fantastic. Thanks, Jerry. Um, an absolute pleasure. And uh, 
you know, cheers to success. Cheers to the future. I hope to have you all cheers. back again soon. Thank, Thank you, you. Jerry. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Appreciate it.